You are listening to the Regeneration Rising podcast, a podcast from the Kavira Coalition about the trials, tribulations, and triumphs of agrarians in the United States. Each episode will explore what it means to work in regenerative agriculture, how people came to choose this as their livelihood, and why it's important to them in the future. We hope to build a foundation for a strong community of future agrarians and land stewards with a regenerative approach to community, relationships, and the land. I'm Taryn Dixon, Southwest Apprentice Coordinator for the New Agrarian Program at the Kavira Coalition. I'm a graduate of the program and I'm really excited to be a part of the show. Let's get to the interview. Thank you all so much for joining us today to tell us a little bit about apprenticeship. We're happy to be here. My name is Noelle McDonough. I'm one of the apprentices at San Juan Ranch in Sawatch, Colorado. And we've been here just over a year now. We came out here last March 8th, I believe. And I'm Sam Schmidt, and the information all applies to me. Awesome. So, Noelle, you were working in a butcher shop, and Sam, you were working on a grass finish operation in New Jersey. Can you guys tell me why you chose agriculture apprenticeship and what brought you to the NAP program with the Kavira Coalition? So my kind of trajectory towards agriculture was kind of like walk of the draw. I graduated from college and was kind of planning on going down a law school path had a job at a big corporate firm in New York as a paralegal, also studying for the LSAT and kind of thought that I had my life figured out and realized probably not quickly enough that this was absolutely the wrong choice for me. And that, you know, for a lot of reasons, I had to kind of get out before I went too far down that path. Yeah. So I quit that job and then was kind of thinking like, okay, I have this opportunity where I'm, you know, in my early twenties and I've saved up some money from this law gig and I can kind of do, you know, take a risk and do something that is interesting to me, may not be what I stick with for the rest of my life, but can do something that speaks to me and, and what I'm interested in. So I was looking at different kind of jobs around the food industry kind of broadly and found a posting for a an apprenticeship at a whole animal butcher shop in the West Village of Manhattan. So I, one day after work, this was like right before I quit my job, like went down in my, you know, khakis and like Oxford shirt and showed up at this butcher shop and was like, hey, can I possibly do this? And they gave me a chance. And I was there for two years and kind of dug into that craft. My bosses were really scrupulous about the sourcing of the meat that they they brought in, you know, they were really committed to 100% grass-fed beef and lamb and pastured pork, and they had really close relationships with the kind of handful of farmers that we would we would get our meat from. So why don't you guys tell me a little bit about why you chose an agricultural apprenticeship and what brought you to find the new agrarian program at Kivera Coalition. Despite like loving butchery and being interested in retail was extremely difficult and not really my thing. I was ready to kind of move on and wanted to kind of dive deeper into agriculture and, and kind of get my hands dirty and really experience the stuff that we had been, you know, reading about and talking to our farmers about. That's what got me into agriculture kind of broadly and 
and livestock specifically. Hearing about and deciding to apply to the NAP program was after working at a few different places and, you know, both nonprofits and, you know, for-profit operations and different kinds of animals. I really felt like I wasn't ready to just kind of dive in and like teach myself what I really felt like I needed was an opportunity to a situation that emphasized learning where I was, that was a priority, but also one where it was in a kind of realistic context, not a nonprofit, like working on a working ranch or farm where they prioritize the same things that I felt were valuable, like, you know, soil health and the kind of animal management that I found really compelling, but also were doing that and making it work financially. Yeah, so that was kind of the thing. The NAP program kind of fit the bill, kind of as I dug deeper. I was really compelled by the idea of going west. I mean, I think brittle environments are kind of where the rubber is hitting the road in terms of regenerative practices and functioning in a climate change context and in hotter and drier and kind of less predictable environments when people really are having to think about how to manage in an effective way that allows them to still care for animal and land, but given those those challenges. So I felt like it was a good place. Unfortunately, given the trajectory that our global environment is on, that this was going to be an important experience for my career going forward. So for me, Sam and I both grew up in very urban settings. I lived right outside of New York City and Sam lived in Manhattan. Agriculture was never something talked about as a profession or career path or what's next for you after high school. That just wasn't on anyone's radar where I grew up. But I knew that food and animals were both really important things that I enjoyed being around or doing. And the path that made the most sense to me was either becoming a vet or working in kitchens and like a culinary career. Neither really seemed like exact fits. And I started really questioning what about food and what about animals I really enjoyed and finding out about farming especially regenerative agriculture in general, kind of hit both nails on the head. (laughs) That's not right. Anyway, I did a couple of different agriculture jobs, really anything I could get my hands on or had someone know of someone who had a goat dairy in Wisconsin and maybe they needed help. And going through all those kinds of random farming experiences just to be farming, it didn't feel like I was learning enough, especially about what I wanted to learn about, which is animals really helping to heal the land. So that's kind of what brought me to really think about an apprenticeship, especially finding mentors and people who wanted to teach you. I think that's really hard to come across, especially in an agricultural setting and an agricultural job where that's not really their job is to teach you everything that you want to know. So an apprenticeship just felt like it would help me to actually understand and also grow within this segment of agriculture that I was interested in. I think one really awesome part about this program is that we're bringing together people with lots of different motivations and lots of different backgrounds, and we all have basically the same goal in mind. So it's been really exciting to talk to different apprentices and just hear everyone's different perspective on kind of the same thing. So I appreciate that, guys. Thanks. 
So now that you guys have been on your operation for a year, can you think back and tell me something that you were nervous about last season in like your first two weeks as an apprentice? And how did you overcome that? I didn't know how to drive a standard transmission vehicle before coming here. And I know that that was something on most mentor sites, but definitely for George and Julie, that was like a must. And Sam was patient enough to try to teach me a couple weeks before coming out here just to sort of get a handle on it. (laughs) I was just terrified I was going to come out here and like my first test was going to be like, go back up that large truck back there (laughs) and bring it over here or something. And I was just going to fail. Or even driving down the road, I was just so worried that I was going to somehow tank and or crash or something. (laughs) That's actually kind of wild to think back to that being like a year ago and being so nervous because I feel like now it's just part of my everyday routine. You're driving big trucks and trailers (laughs) down the road, hauling cattle. Yeah, so. I think mine was that I felt like even though I had applied to this program with the intention of doing something where I was going to be in a position to learn more and develop, which is kind of an acknowledgement that you don't know a lot and that there's there's the growth experience. I think I also put pressure on myself given I felt like I had a lot to prove. I was concerned that I was going to get here And I was going to be like exposed as a fraud. They had some expectation that I was going to be the handiest hand and that I wasn't going to be able to do something. And it was going to be like, why the hell did we choose you? Get back in your your car and go back east. I will absolutely admit that there was like an ego component there. I thought that I was on like a linear trajectory. Like I had this experience and I was doing this because I knew where I needed to kind of like get more experience and knowledge in order to be the master grazer, get to that expert level. And that couldn't have been further from the truth. I realized not just like how little I knew, but also how little I knew I didn't know, kind of realizing the vastness of information and experience, the immensity of what it takes to really be a good land and animal manager and how even people who are lauded as that are still constantly learning. What was an aha moment you guys had in your first few weeks of your apprenticeship last year? We got here a couple weeks before calving. So that was our first kind of plunge into working here. So that was really great. And our schedule was demanding. I mean, we were getting up really early, doing calving checks in the morning. Someone would be checking on the herd pretty late at night. And I remember one morning, it was a really beautiful morning. It was really cold. There was kind of like hoarfrost over everything. Um, Really nice clear day. The sun was coming up over the Sangre de Cristos and um, George and I were walking through the herd and everything is kind of first light. So all the cows were still pretty tired. I glide down. There were kind of sounds of animals getting up, snuffling. You know, there were some calves on the ground. So it was really a peaceful kind of idyllic morning. And then I hear George yelling my name. So I run over. Over in the corner of one of the paddock, there's 
this cow on her side. So clearly something's going on. George wouldn't have called me over. It wouldn't have been an issue if she was having an easy birth. But as I get closer, it looks like big pink alien looking thing behind her. And I get over there and she's had a uterine prolapse. Her uterus was inside out, this pink steaming thing with these kind of purple nodules all over it and there were kind of alongside of her and she was clearly in like really great distress so we try and get her up she's been like this for long enough where she can't really get up we're out in the field we're far from the truck this is probably three or four weeks in i'm like holy shit this is really intense so but george you know has been around cattle and you know animals his whole life so he's taking the reins you get back in the truck, go back to George and Julie's house, which is about 20 minutes away, get a trailer with the intention of like, okay, we, we can't deal with this ourselves in the field. We're going to have to take her to the vet. This is beyond our ability to treat. We go out into the field, we get the trailer backed up. We then are like trying to coax this animal up. She is in shock, can't get up. And so then we stop and we get back in the truck and we go back to their house and George gets his rifle and we go back and he puts her down. And, you know, it was a really intense and and sad and somber, but it was an aha moment in that I think people who aren't from agricultural backgrounds and get into this line of work and specifically regenerative agriculture, ranching, or whatever you want to call it from a values perspective and see that or think that see it as like a formula for positive meat production and land management and that you kind of assume that everything is going to go right and we love the animals we care about them we're humane when we handle them we love the land so how could anything go wrong and i think this was a realization that despite all of the like vigilance and planning and care and knowledge and experience that you're contending with forces that are well beyond your ability to control and that things go south. And no matter what you do, sometimes you're not going to be able to solve the problem. You're not going to be able to save everyone. Animals are going to die. And I hadn't really experienced something that had kind of brought that home as clearly in any of my other experiences working in ag as that. In hindsight, I think that's a really important step in your development as an agrarian. Giving up by kind of the hubris of you can guarantee a positive outcome. I mean, I feel like my aha moment came out here for good. It was on my site visit and I was really nervous, obviously. I got up one morning. It was actually on a very busy day, like now knowing the feelings you get going into a busy day. I'm sure George was really kind of had a lot on his mind, but took the time to kind of sit with me um, in his living room kitchen area and have a cup of coffee. And the sunrise was coming up over the Sangre de Cristos. Just that moment felt really special to me. And I'm not really sure why, because I can't even tell you what we were talking about. But the fact that George felt like a human, like he wasn't just this like mentor and he knows everything. And he was able to sit down and just have a really normal conversation with me about probably nothing to do with all of the things on his mind for that day when we're shipping. From the beginning, both George and Julie were so incredibly welcoming. 
where I grew up. It, it never felt like I was in the right place for me, if that makes sense. I always kind of felt like the black sheep. I grew up in like a very Italian neighborhood and I was the tall Irish girl. It was just always felt kind of out of place. And a lot of people I grew up with stay in the area or they stay in New York City. And that never felt like that was right for me. And I wanted to find that place that did. And so I guess that morning felt like that, even though I had no working experience there yet. It was before like my work day. So didn't even know how my personality would jive with George and Julie, but that moment alone just felt very right. Uh, So that's my aha moment. I mean, I think it's really important to highlight the fact that mentor-apprenticeship relationship is a big part of apprenticeship and creating that relationship and having that feeling of belonging on an operation that isn't yours is a really big step in having a successful learning experience while you're there. And I think it's also really important to point out that, like Sam said, we're raising these animals for food. And so we all know what the outcome is going to be, but you still love them and care for them and want them to have the best life possible while you can. Okay, well, if you guys could go back and talk to yourself one year ago, what's some advice you'd try to give yourself? I'm still giving myself this advice, but to not be so hard on myself. Um, Learning a completely new skill. I have no background in it. No one in my family has background in it. I have no experience. And yet I still find myself a lot of the time being like, man, why can't you do this right? (laughs) You know, Um, and just having patience with learning, especially in a experiential setting where experience really is what drives your learning experience. Yeah, I think like very similar to that. You don't know what you don't know. That's been, I think, one of the greatest learning experiences is not just like learning new things, but realizing how much I don't know. And that I think you could either feel like really overwhelmed by that or kind of embrace it. Yeah, you know, my experience, and I think a lot of people who have gone through an apprenticeship or internship program, there is a realization that, you know, it's a very humbling experience. You have to be willing to ask questions and kind of like you said, you don't know what you don't know until it comes up. So thank you guys for being honest and vulnerable about these questions. I really appreciate it. I think it's great for other people to hear. Can you guys tell me something that you brought along to your apprenticeship that you thought, oh, I'm going to need this. It's going to be super helpful. I'm going to use it all the time. But it's just set on your shelf or in your room the whole time. Well, I feel like I was way overzealous with the amount of books I brought. I brought so many books. Sam and I both brought so many books. And it's like Julie and George have a library and a half enough to read and learn things from. But also 
I don't know who I was kidding because I'm not really like a book learner. I'm like a hands-on person. <laughs> so bringing all of these grazing books and I mean, they're definitely good to have just to look at and kind of compare to what I do know or what to think about. But as far as sitting down after a long day of work and reading is just not going to happen for me. Yeah, I think like camping gear and it's unfortunate, but I think that my idea of what this experience would be like, I don't think I had an idea of how immersive it would be. You know, I, I had an idea that there would be not just like more leisure time outside of work, but also I would have the mental space to do more things outside of work. You may hear that and like be like, oh God, like that's not a good thing. But I think that it's a testament to the ownership that I think I can speak for both of us that we feel we take seriously, not just our individual work, the functioning and the smooth running and well-being of the operation and that we really feel like we have a stake in it. Well, is there anything else you guys want to share with folks who might just be starting out an apprenticeship or might be interested in doing one in the future? This has kind of been like a theme in my answers, I guess, but I think figuring out or trying to embrace the hardship and difficulty that inevitably, no matter how much you think you know, no matter what, there are going to be really difficult moments because that's just the nature of agriculture. And especially, I think, agriculture in the West, in the brittle, arid West, where the stars are never all aligned. You're always scrambling and trying to figure out how to make it work and do it in a way that's true to your values. I was just going to say, I think there is a level of self-awareness that is needed working so closely with people and being in a very isolated area where you can't maybe escape one another or see people that often necessarily. And we, and we work very intimately. And I think being able to reflect on yourself and your actions and how your environment is affecting them is something that I've learned a lot about in the past year. I think being comfortable being in an isolated area is is a very important part of it, but also being self-aware of how you work within a, a very closely knit team, how you are behaving and how that might be affecting others, I think is is an important aspect of it. And also being able to be honest and vulnerable. I mean, it's, it is hard. It's hard for everyone. And like this past year, we were in a pretty significant drought again. And George and Julie were really honest about how stressful that is and how real their decisions had to be. And to be able to witness that, but also be a part of it, I think was really healthy and I think that can help foster more healthy agricultural people that are able to speak about these things in a very honest and vulnerable way and not feel like that means they're weak. As a part of the Regeneration Rising podcast, I'd like to introduce the tips and tidbits section. We hope to share experiences with beginning agrarians to help them feel successful 
but also to add a little humor to what can be long, hard work days. Here's my tidbit. As an apprentice on a grass-fed raw milk dairy, I spent a lot of time in the pastures moving electric fence reels and checking the herd. There were many times I would head out to move the cows and slip on sandals I wear around the house. Moving electric fence while it's hot provided its own challenge for me. It was honestly terrifying, but trying to push a post into the ground with sandals or step on the fence to make it easier to get over just made everything worse. I was constantly getting shocked and dropping the fence, even a few times allowing an over-eager heifer to get out. Getting a feisty cow back in the herd in Birkenstocks isn't fun, let me tell you. Especially when you slip in a squishy cow pie. It doesn't feel good squishing between your toes. My advice to new agrarians is please wear proper footwear. If you have a tip you'd like to have aired on the show, please write to us at newagrarian at kiveracoalition.org. Thanks for listening. Are you looking for a meaningful job in regenerative agriculture? I've been there. Job sites are outdated and full of positions that are not quite what you're looking for. Luckily, we're here to help. Quivira Coalition has spent decades building a network within the regenerative agriculture community. So we're constantly finding awesome job postings, and we decided to send them to your inbox in our inspiring monthly newsletter. We find jobs and apprenticeships that will keep you learning and building your career, whether that involves moving cattle on a ranch or attending meetings at an office. A posting we are sending out this week is for our friends at Holistic Management International. They are hiring a program and grant manager, a virtual position that I find super exciting. We also share scholarship and training opportunities like the upcoming LandLink Lunch and Learn, where you can discover a database to find land for your budding grazing business. You can hear about upcoming opportunities by signing up for our newsletter at quivercoalition.org. You can also find our past newsletters at quivercoalition.org slash newagrarian slash resources. Thank you for listening to the Regeneration Rising podcast. For more information about the Kibera Coalition and apprenticeship opportunities, please visit kaviracoalition.org.